Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers, to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at ausm.org. Please go to the new podcast episodes page of todaysautisticmoment.com where you will find the shows and download the program scripts with all the hyperlinks I mention on each show and the interview transcripts. Interview transcripts for 2022 are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. If you want to listen to any previously published shows, go to the episode index page. Also, be sure to follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Please join Today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook, where you can talk with me and other listeners. At this time, I am announcing that the next Autistic Voices Roundtable discussion will be on Wednesday, July 20th at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. This is a live virtual discussion. The topic that will be discussed is the dangers of medical myths. In 1998, Andrew Wakefield started the myth that the MMR measles vaccine causes autism. That claim was later studied and found to be false by numerous medical researchers. More recently, there is a myth that there is medical research to support the theory that women who become pregnant and take Tylenol that contains the painkiller acetaminophen give birth to children that are at a higher risk of developing autism and or ADHD. There is a law firm that is currently soliciting potential clients to get compensation if they took the drug and bore children who are autistic or ADHD. I believe, as do many autistics, that medical myths such as these do a lot of harm to the quality of life for autistic people as well as ADHD people. They promote the false notion that autism is an illness or disease that is and or should be avoidable. I also believe that a myth like this one can be a source of unnecessary guilt upon mothers who gave birth to autistic children and ADHD children. I am seeking autistic individuals who would like to be panelists for the roundtable discussion about this topic. If you are interested in being a panelist, please send an email with your questions to PKLOWE at todaysautisticmoment.com by June 30th. <coughs> Excuse me. I got my driver's license in 1985 in Massachusetts when I was 16 and a half years old. The very next place I went to that very same day was the Lakeville Hospital Rehabilitation Center for the Physically Disabled to apply to be a volunteer. I spent the following six years meeting the patients and helping the staff. I met so many disabled people who had conditions like muscular dystrophy, cerebral palsy, multiple sclerosis, hydrocephalus, and accident survivors. 
They were the finest people I ever met. I have had an interest and passion for disabled people for many years. Fast forward that to 2011 when I was diagnosed with autism, ADHD, and placed on disability in 2012 to live with chronic back pain in 2019, being disabled, gay, and autistic makes me a part of three amazing communities. All of these communities intersect with each other. That is why I plan to have not one, but two shows during Pride Month to talk about the intersection of LGBTQIA Pride, disability, and autistic pride. My guest today, Andrew Gerza, is one of the greatest public advocates for LGBTQIA people who are disabled that I have had the privilege to know. Andrew's advocacy goes past just speaking up against ableism to making a strong case that disabled people are sexy and capable of loving and being loved by others in his own podcast, Disability After Dark. Andrew's work has been featured in The Advocate Magazine, BBC, CBC, Gay Times UK, Huffington Post, Everyday Feminism, Out.com, and Dan Savage's Savage Love. As I have indicated in my descriptions of this show, my conversation with Andrew will be slightly different than other shows I have done on today's Autistic Moment. Andrew is going to share with you about his many experiences and views of how disabled queer people are often excluded but what I will call the mainstream LGBTQIA communities. Many of his experiences are not unlike what autistic people experience within those same communities. <clears throat> Excuse me. Andrew will share one example of horrific abuse he experienced by a professional caregiver who refused to schedule him to get a shower the following day. Andrew's choice of language in their frustration is the one exception I am making to the clean talk requirement for this show. I am including it because I don't care what Andrew's choice of language was. It does not justify what happened to him. No one should be subjected to that kind of treatment. It is past time that all people do more advocacy for the equal rights and treatments for all disabled people. These kinds of experiences must stop. There are programs that work to end domestic abuse. However, they are all too often not well-funded, staffed, or trained to help end the abuses that happen to disabled and autistic people. Please stay tuned to join Andrew Gerza and I for our conversation after this first commercial break. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success. Life can be complicated, almost like a river. At times there are rapids, and other times it kindly winds along its path. To have a guide as you navigate this river of life is essential. To be encouraged and supportive during both the rapids and calm path is something Looking Forward Life Coaching can provide. We meet one-on-one with our clients within their local community or virtually to provide resources and tools 
to help survive the rapids and enjoy the calm waters. If this is something you're interested in, please feel free to schedule a free meet and greet. Email us at info at lookingforwardlc.org or call 612-504-7414. We look forward to helping you change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success. Self-direction has many different names. Self-determination, consumer direction, and even PDO. But they all mean the same thing. You are in control of your long-term care. With self-direction, choose what's best for you. Hire the people that you trust. In some states, they can even be your family. Manage your long-term care expenses. Self-direction offers the same or lower cost than other options. Control your care and choose the support that is most important to you. You deserve to be supported in your home and community, surrounded by friends and activities you love. With self-direction, you can live life on your own terms, regardless of age or ability. Take control of your care. Visit gtindependence.com. Welcome back. And now it is my distinct privilege to introduce Andrew Gerza. So Andrew Gerza, thank you for coming to this show on today's Autistic Moment. Thank you it for having my, me. You're welcome. It is my privilege to welcome and have you here today. Um, we are in Pride Month, one of the most important months of the year for LGBTQIA plus people. And um, we love this month because it celebrates our diversity in regards to our sexual orientations and our gender identities and that sort of thing. But it's also a month that can be very affirming or very non-affirming for people with disabilities and autistic people in general. So I wanted to have this show where we take a slightly different turn and talk not only about autistic adults, but also people with disabilities who are LGBTQIA+. Um, there's lots of things going on with these three communities and how we intersect and how things are things that, need, that should be happening for us are not happening. Right. Um, we, we can talk at, for endlessly about this, but I want to say that this is a conversation I want to have because of how important it is to have this conversation. So let's uh, kind of start with, you know, let's talk about some information. What, what kinds of information do people need to know and understand when we talk about this intersectionality of LGBTQI disability and autistic pride? What are your thoughts as I, as I say those words? uh like a free flow of consciousness thoughts or like just i mean i think kind of like what you said a minute ago about how it's a month that can be not can be very not affirming because there's not a lot of representation of disability in the queer space there's certainly not enough um and i think you know for me that's why i do the work i do and that's really why i started doing what i do as a disability awareness consultant because i wanted to talk about queerness and its connection to disability yeah yeah i i agree with you i you know um you know i hear lots of stories from various people with disabilities of the things that they've experienced um and i mean i've got a friend of mine jerry we've known him for many years now and he has spinal muscular atrophy or muscular atrophy, yeah, that sort of thing. And he has shared with us about the times that 
he has attempted to date somebody the, the moment that he meets them for the first time they've walked through the door they've taken one look at him seen him in his electric wheelchair with his head propped up and they've got this red look on their faces and they say oops i remembered i got something to do and they'll walk off yeah and i know that he is not the only person who's experienced that no i mean i have i've experienced similar things to that i was trying to hook up with somebody in college and we got in the elevator and we did we made small talk and then when i got out of the elevator he was gone i never yeah. saw him again so that kind of stuff happens all the time it's not it's not uncommon and it's really sad that people would feel like it's okay to treat people like that exactly yeah especially when especially where the lgbtqia plus communities tend to take their strength regarding our diversity well i don't even know if they do that but it's been put on them that they're such a welcoming community blah 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 but if you are part of that community and, and you're marginalized and you're not white and muscular and gay then then uh, it's not very accepting no no and um you know we have atmospheres of where uh people in wheelchairs there's no accessibility to sometimes pride activities there have been disabled people who have been refused opportunities to be in pride parades there have been um, opportunities where people with, dis with disabilities, you know, have been presumed asexual. You know, there, there's all sorts of things like that that go on. And, um, you know, um, as autistic people, speaking about autistic people, we have our own issues with uh, dating and being included because, you know, we're neurodivergent and you know, we get this, these issues such as, um, you know, our communication style is very different. Our way of communicating is very different. Um, we have our sensory processing disorders. We have, you know, lots of things that go on with us. And so, you know, we get our, our, our share of eyeballs looking at us or staring at us or wandering off about off from us. But, you know, and I say, you know, um, this is why I think it's important to talk about how we all intersect. Um, because there's a lot of disabled people in all of these communities, right, who is, who, whom we're talking of today. But the ableism in the LGBTQIA plus communities is rampant. Huh? Rampant? Yes, rampant. Um, you know, talk about some ways that, that you have experienced a lot of that ableism. I mean, I mean, talk a little bit more about what that ableism has, has meant to you. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's meant a lack of socialization with queer people that I want to meet. It's meant a lack of like relationships, a lack of, um, sexual and social relationships, so many different things because, the queer queer men in my case, people that I seek to seek out for intimate relationships, are really they they've never experienced disability before. So when we talked a second ago about people walking out once they see that you're in a that you're in a wheelchair, like that's happening multiple times. Um, people saying things like, "I don't think I could go on a date with you because I'd have to take care of you." It's like, well, mm -hmm. okay. People saying yeah. things like, "I don't think I could sleep with you because I might not enjoy myself because you're disabled." people being really um, just really ableist. And part of that able, part of that ableism, I think, is ignorance and lack mm -hmm. of knowledge. And I think that's, I think lack of knowledge is okay. We all can learn more and grow more. But I think at some point you have to realize that the way you're talking about this to this person is harmful. Yes. And I, I think a lot of queer men, in my case, the people that I choose for relationships, are have a huge problem with body dysmorphia the way they look um you know all of these things contribute to their ableism they want you know the perfect partner that also goes to the gym five times a week and also is super able-bodied and also is all these things and that's not realistic for so many of us regardless of disability but then when you add disability on top of that 
it's like we don't exist in their eyes and that's a shame yeah in an article i recently wrote regarding uh, regarding people with disabilities i like to say that you know some of us have gone to events that are supposed to be for all lgbtq people and we we meet a lot of obstacles barriers such as um elevators are not working uh there's things like we they either ignore us while we're there or they or even worse they may pity us the other end is that they they tokenize us oh we're so glad you're here and you're such an inspiration to us and that sort of thing they categorize us in these three ways but you know when it comes to things like getting those accommodations like religion you know like a lot of events that are for uh, for a lot of gay men i find they're outrageously priced for those of us who live on disability incomes and then like i say there's not even a way for us to to be in those groups of people because of how inaccessible they are to us yeah yeah you know um, here's something that um, I just, uh, last month I published a show about overcoming internalized ableism with my guest, Eric Garcia. And in my, um, my introduction of the topic, um, I wrote, this is what I wrote and I said, ableism is systematic because it is embedded into society. Disabled people, whether we are visibly disabled or invisibly disabled, are abused, neglected, presumed incompetent, or even assumed to be faking. If a disabled person like myself can own a podcast as the sole proprietor business owner, write, speak, advocate for myself, many would say that I'm, quote, too high functioning, quote, to be autistic. I'm a part-time wheelchair user. Uh, because of my chronic back pain when i am out shopping or roaming around in my chair and suddenly i stand up um i have had people stare at me with an expression of he isn't disabled he must be faking on their faces i have heard endless conversation by able-bodied people suggesting that if that many disabled people are receiving disability benefits that we don't really need if we own a home drive a nice car or uh, have anything that appears to be expensive. In other words, if we are quote, really disabled, we shouldn't expect to have a nice life with good relationships or be able to live, live, a, live a life that others might envy. And if we do, we are not really disabled. What do you think of, some, of, of a lot of that? Sounds about right. I mean, I think that, I think, that you're right about a lot of that and i think those those are just really old antiquated viewpoints on what it means to be disabled and i think with covid you know still happening three years later we're going to see 1.2 million more people in the states become disabled as a result of covid so like hopefully those viewpoints will change and shift as more people deal with disability um mm. i also think that the average person on the street who doesn't understand disability, even though some of the some of the people who have done that to me, it's annoying. I try to remember, like, how can I teach them? I don't want to teach them all the time, but how can I show them the way past this this idea of me being less than? Yeah, yeah, and um. You know, like I say, I, I have seen your advocacy on Twitter and Facebook and other places where you talk very openly and, and I will say bluntly about the things that are that people with disabilities are, are experiencing. Yeah, I'm pretty blunt. That sounds about right. Yeah, blunt is a good word. And I think that's that's actually a good thing to do because the blunt honesty must be said. Um, I've seen you, I've seen things from you about grieving the grieving that you want your body to do certain things and it's just not going to do it i think yeah. yeah i've also seen things like you know how much covid19 has affected a lot of us who are disabled 
Um, and there are still decisions that are being made that are, that are, you know, regarding COVID that are affecting us. Um, you have, I've, I've heard many, many, I've read many of your remarks that choosing not to wear masks right now is something that can significantly affect disabled people. And I mean, I, when I write that stuff, I'm not necessarily talking just about me. I'm thinking about other individuals who are, right. who have different levels of disability than I do, who deserve to feel safe and who deserve to feel respected. And when, when non-disabled people say like, oh, it's just disabled people that are going to get sick. It's all right. Or it's just old people that are going to get sick. It's like, well, we know that's not true. That was never how this was going to go. Why would you think that? And so when they become disabled, I kind of go, well, see, we told you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. After this next commercial break, Andrew Gerza and I are going to talk about some of the experiences that have happened to Andrew and other LGBTQIA plus disabled people. And we're going to talk about some ideas to help with self-advocacy. Please stay tuned. The most important work that people do is take care of each other and the people who provide your care should have the best support. Life Superior is here to help you and your caretakers. This family-owned business is one of Minnesota's fastest growing personal care providers because of the support they provide for their clients and co-workers. If you need a PCA agency that combines compassion and professionalism, or if you care for someone today and would like to learn how to get paid for this work, please call us at 612-824-4348 or visit us at lifesuperior.com forward slash autism. The 4th of July is coming up in a few weeks. July 4th is not the best day for many autistics and other neurodivergent people and individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder. The loud sound of the fireworks exploding can be a terrible trigger for the sensory processing needs of many such individuals. If you are someone who is affected by the sound of fireworks exploding, wear your noise-canceling headphones with or without music playing to decrease the sound of the fireworks. I also recommend finding a sensory safe space where you can fidget or do something you enjoy to distract you. If you are a caregiver of an autistic person of any age who is affected by such sounds, please do not force them to attend the fireworks as the brightness of the lights and the loud noise from them can be painful and can set their sensory processing input on overload. Let them wear their noise-canceling headphones without saying negative things to those who react to these sounds. They are not pretending, nor do they need to be made to feel that they are doing anything wrong. Another concern is for many neurodivergents who are hyposensitive, as in they need more sensory stimulation before they can feel anything. Many of them might not be able to detect when a grill is too hot to put their hands near it. It is best that they not be near or use things that could be harmful to them without some kind of supervised assistance. Happy Independence Day from today's Autistic Moment. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org.
Support for today's autistic moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. us autistic people we've been speaking up about things like that for many of us the masks have are uncomfortable because of the material they're made of um you know we have we have talked about uh how um when COVID 19 happened and it was in its earliest stages and the quarantines came up that our social support next i'm oh, sorry our social supportive networks were just gone you know the things that we've yeah. built over these years and for many of us who are lgbtq that was extremely painful um you know so yeah and you know my again i'm talking about one of my friends here but you know he's in a terrible situation because he's openly gay and he has his sister taking care of him and it's a good thing that he does but the thing is, if anything happened to her, he might be handled, he might be um, have to deal with his parents helping to take care of him. And they want to put him in some kind of ex-gay therapy, you know, to oh, take wow. the, yeah. I mean, this is, this is the example of some things that disabled gay people are experiencing. I mean, um, if we're not getting it because we are disabled we're getting it because we're gay and it's like we get it from all all angles here you know yeah, yeah. and i you know that's a shame and it's important to think about disabled people who need care like i do how often do we have to suppress our sexuality to receive care yeah not, not talk about our queerness because we need care or not you know not say that we're sexual beings to our caregivers because we need care like and i think it's a shame that you know if it isn't if it isn't x if it isn't conversion therapy it's like you know we're gonna put you in a home where you can't express yourself we're gonna put you in a disability place where you can't be yourself like, yeah i think that's a shame but it happens to a lot of disabled people who maybe exploring queerness who can't access it. Yeah. Yeah. So for many of us, not only are we den denied our disability care that we the care for our disabilities, not only are we denied relationships, we're denied the opportunity to develop a community um, or we have to surrender that just to get the care we need. Yeah. And that can be really damaging, I think, emotionally for us. Yeah. Yeah. And you've also written in some of your spaces about some of the abuses you've you've experienced from getting care. Yeah, I mean I I guess I could speak to that. Uh back in 2019 I was receiving care one morning from a caregiver and I had asked him if I could shower the next day. He was the the leader, the like manager of the care and he was getting me up and he had me in the shower. I was naked and I said, can I have a, can I, I need to have a shower tomorrow because I have to go to meet somebody to do a work thing. I need to, I need to be, you know, clean for them. Can I shower tomorrow? He goes, oh no, you can't. And I said, why? And he said, oh no, you just can't. And I said, but I have to, I'm working. Like I'm a freelancer. I have to have a shower. I'll, I'll miss like the next day, but I need to have a shower. And he said, oh no, we can't. I said, can we work together? Can we figure it out? And he said, no. And I said, I said, you know, come on, man, you're fucking this up for me. I really gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this. 
And so he, as a result of that swearing, he, he took me out of the shower against my will, put me in bed and left me there for two hours and said, I won't get you up until you apologize. And I said, you know, I'm a 37 year old man, 35 at that point, I'm 35. How, you know, why you can't trap me in my bed. I'm a grown person telling you what kind of care I need. This is abuse. So, I mean, that kind of stuff happened, has happened to me. And, you know, it took took almost two or three months for him to get fired after that. And they didn't, they didn't believe me. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was a whole, it was really upsetting because I'm a grown adult who expressed frustration in my house to somebody whose job it is to help me. And because I expressed frustration through cursing once, I was reprimanded like a child. And that feels, you know, for a 35-year-old disabled person to be to be trapped in their bed naked without care because they got upset is is horribly abusive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you know, a lot of us just a lot of us autistic people, we have had our issues with getting care. Um you know, some of us have executive functioning issues and we need things like a homemaker. And some of us have had people refusing to clean our homes because they don't understand why we can't do certain things like, you know, clean certain things ourselves. And so they'll just take one look and they'll just say something like, you know, this is a safety issue for them. And so they just won't, won't help us, you know. And then, you know, we get all of this sort of thing. And then we, we try to, you know, again, try to interact with this LGBTQ communities that are supposed to be so warm, receiving, accepting, only to find that we're not exactly accepted there either. Well, you're forgetting a big caveat. There's, they're warm, accepting, and inclusive if you are white able-bodied um, exactly neurotypical if you're all things that don't make you different then if you're muscular if, if you have like i find with queer men if you have an ounce of fat on you you are no you're not you must be either a bear or a cub or a chub and it's like well what if you're just a human being why do i why do you have to categorize me as this thing and so i feel like we have a lot of work to do to actually to actually bring about the inclusion that we we talk about so much in our community and i think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a pride washing when people yeah. say how inclusive we are because we know being marginalized that that's not the case right yeah i always love love to um my last my final question for my show that i like to use is i do believe that all of us disabled people lgbtq plus or otherwise we do have those tools and strengths to advocate for ourselves it's just a matter of discovering them and putting them to the use um what what might there be some ideas that you might have or you might say to some other disabled people that we're having these things what are some ways that you might suggest that others advocate for themselves i mean i i would say just talk about the stuff that is important to you put it on twitter put it on instagram put it on facebook even if you don't have a huge following talk about the things that are important to you as a disabled person especially the stuff that we don't talk about how does it feel to be disabled talk about that how does what, what are the emotions that go around your disability explore that talk like and be loud about it and be I think also though, I think my activism over the last couple of years has changed and morphed a little bit because I used to be this disabled person with a lot of anger towards non-disabled people. And I still have some of that because ableism is real, but I find that it's a lot easier to teach somebody about disability and teach them about their ableism if you treat them with kindness. And so I'm trying to, for myself, and this doesn't work for everybody, but for myself, I'm trying to 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 be a to be to build a bridge between non-disabled and disabled people, and give them the tools to understand their own ableism. So one of the ways that I do activism now is I give tips and tricks about how to be less ableist today, how to how to not, you know, how to 
how to not be ableist in the LGBTQ community and give them things that they shouldn't shouldn't do that might help somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and through what you're doing, you're doing exactly what I encourage my autistic adults that listen to my show every all the time. I say, we need to tell our stories about what being autistic or being disabled is for us. We need to, to talk about that so people hear the things that we're experiencing so that somehow we can begin to make people aware that these things are in fact happening. And, um, you know, we want the world, we want, we want the places where we live, the communities that we um, socialize in, interact in. We want the ability to be, you know, to be visible, to be vocal, to be um, received and affirmed, you know, and, and, you know, we also want the opportunity to, have relationships, you know, um, contrary we, to, go ahead. We deserve that. Yeah. After this final commercial break, Andrew is going to talk about his own podcast and some of the writing projects he's done, followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Please stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment is at the midway point of the second season. The guests have been outstanding and the topics well received. Plans are already being made for season 3 in 2023. I need you to do your part in helping me to ensure today's Autistic Moment as an informational resource to encourage Autistic adults and their caregivers to become part of the movement for neurodiversity. Go to todaysautisticmoment.com and click on the blue button on any of the pages to donate to my Patreon page. You can also purchase a spinner fidget for $4.99 plus sales tax, shipping, and handling. The spinner fidgets will give you hours of stimming pleasure and you can support the work of Today's Autistic Moment at the same time. Another way you can support the work of Today's Autistic Moment is to share the show through your social media networks. Thank you for your support of today's Autistic Moment. Today's Autistic Moment presents a Summer of Self-Care series, SOSS, during July and August. Autistics need to do a lot of self-care to live happier and healthier lives to meet our challenges with the best self-knowledge we can muster. Our work for self-advocacy must be pursued by doing the best self-care we can to sharpen our tools and strengths so that they work efficiently and effectively. Join Becca, Lori, Hector, and I on July 4th as we discuss self-care during seasonal depression. Why should we talk about seasonal depression at the beginning of the summer and the 4th of July? Because the 4th of July can be one of the worst days for autistics, and a lot of autistics are the opposite of the general population in that our seasonal depression is worse during the summer and better during the winter. Regardless of the season you experience the worst depression, Autistic adults can benefit from planning some good self-care strategies. Becca and I will share our insights about seasonal depression for autistic adults and what we can do for ourselves to get through our worst times of the year. On July 18th, Zephyr James will be here to talk about self-care during sensory overload or meltdown. Zephyr's understanding of their own sensory limitation needs makes Zephyr a fantastic guest to talk about this topic. Many non-autistic people just cannot grasp that sensory overload or meltdown 
is a very painful and traumatic episode that wipes out our energy to a point where we must rest and become better regulated. Zephyr will share with us some suggestions so we can take care of ourselves. The Summer of Self-Care series will continue in August when Becca Lori Hector will return to talk about two different topics. On August 8th, Becca and I will talk about self-care during a crisis. On August 22nd, Becca and I will talk about self-care during an election year. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Contrary to what some people think about many of us with disabilities, not all of us are asexual, number one. And number two, yes, we are interested in safe, healthy, good relationships with people, able-bodied or not. We want those relationships. We are not, we don't want to hide ourselves behind our disabilities if that means we can't achieve certain, we can't achieve what we want to do. Exactly. yeah 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 um you know um um tell us a little bit about your podcast that you do disability after dark tell us about that sure it's a it's a weekly podcast uh and i i do it once a week and i talk i initially started the show as a sexuality and disability podcast for the first want to say 150 episodes it was all about sex and disability and now it's kind of an everything podcast where i shine a bright light on disability stories and everything and i talk with guests about their experiences around not only sexuality but disability disability and chronic pain disability grief i really go into the dark not the dark places but the stuff around disability that we should be talking about that we're not really talking about so i'll really i'll push into things around like Tell me how disability feels today. Tell me about disability grief. Tell me about this kind of stuff. Really having just a frank conversation with sometimes with myself and the audience or sometimes with, you know, um, another a guest, but really just bringing stuff to, to light around disability that we're not talking about. Yeah. I've recently seen um, on your on your social media network something very exciting that you have been doing. With yes. regarding to the remake of Queer as Folk. Talk about yeah. that. Now, I don't know when this is coming out. Uh, this is coming out in the middle of June, right-ish? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so if this is coming out, <laughs> so it's coming out after June 9th? Okay. Okay, good. So, so okay. So I was, I am part of the new Queer as Folk reboot. Oh, nice. I got asked to... Um, consult on the show a couple of years ago they asked me to read a couple of scripts um for them and then then the pandemic happened so everything stopped and then after the after things started to slowly slowly work their way out they said would you read the whole first series and give us ideas and give us your suggestions on how to make it stronger and I said sure no problem and so one of the episodes is a disabled sex party and so they said, you know, do you want, would you want to come down and be a part of that? And I was like, of course I would. So I got to be a part of one of the new episodes that I'm really, really excited about because finally we're going to see all the stuff we just talked about, how the clubs are not accessible, how there's so much ableism in the LGBTQ community. We're going to see representation where that ableism isn't there for once. And I think it's really powerful that I got to be a part of something that I, and I watched the original show 20 years ago, like we all did. And I was clamoring for representation. And so now I finally, I get to be a part of something so iconic in my 
my hope is that some 15, 16 year old kid will see what I did who is disabled and be like, oh, there's a version of me here. I'm here, I'm included. So I think that it's so fun and so cool to do. And I'm so, so honored that I got the chance to do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm so I'm so excited for you. And from what I've read in your bios, you have really done a lot of advocacy through a lot of a lot of written articles, The Advocate, and other places like that, or speaking. Oh yeah, um, I've written for a number of different places. I don't I don't do a lot, I don't do so much writing anymore. I do like the occasional like piece, but I like to I like to write when I can and do articles and blogs for different outlets. Right bringing about disability, but I started writing for HuffPo years ago um, and then Advocate, uh, F.com, Queerty, a bunch of different places just because I wanted to ensure that in everything they wrote around queerness, disability was always included. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, I have to say, I am so grateful that we have had this time together to talk about these things um i i do feel that um the relationships of disabled disabled people in the lgbtqia plus communities and also obviously autistic people there is this huge gap of what's happening with us in these communities and um one of the goals was to kind of give a bit of a, a look at what's happening in all all of these communities how we're interacting or intersecting and i i feel like we've really been giving a, a great representation of that today um and um you know i really want to encourage my listeners to uh, follow andrew on facebook twitter um i know you're on linkedin are you on instagram too I am on the Instagram, so I can give you all for all my handles for everywhere you want to go. My all my handles are Andrew Gerzo and the number one after them. So Andrew Gerzo one and on all the places that's where you can find me. Yeah, good, 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 good. Andrew, um, thank you so much for this. Um, and I do wish us a happy Pride Month. And I, of course, we wish each other uh, happier times in the future and a time when we will not see the abuse, we will not see the ableism, we will not see all the things that are happening to so many of us. And uh, once again, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for letting me be part of the conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. All of these events announced with the links can be found at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board forward slash if you were attending this year's twin cities pride festival june 25th and 26th in loring park in minneapolis the autism society of minnesota will have a sensory friendly escape tent while also offering information and resources to the community along with fidgets for sale and to meet some of the staff for the autism society of minnesota Austin will be joined by other disability organizations who will occupy one section of the park. Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism and support autistic people. Classes will be held on July 18th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. August 14th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. September 19th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. Registration is now open to attend the fall virtual classes for the Autism Direct Support Certification at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Classes will be held on September 9th, 13th, 23rd, 30th, and October 7th. Scholarships to attend are available, but you must register soon. The Autism Society of Minnesota invites you to participate in the 27th annual Awesome Golf Classic on Monday, August 1st at the Highland National Golf Course in St. Paul, Minnesota. 
Players and sponsors are needed and invited. The Autism Society of Minnesota invites autistics to submit your application online now to speak on a variety of topics at the 5th Annual Autistic Community Summit on Saturday, September 17th. All applications are due by July 2nd. Send an email to zjames at ausm.org. That's z-j-a-m-e-s at ausm.org if you have any questions. Go to ausm.org for more information about these and other events at the Autism Society of Minnesota. If you have events for autistic adults and our supporters and would like them announced in today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board on July 4th, please send them to p-k-l-o-w-e at todaysautisticmoment.com by 4.30 p.m. on Friday, July 1st. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to lookingforwardlc.org for more information. As I announced earlier, I am in the process of planning shows for the fall and for season three in 2023. If you have a topic you would like to discuss and or would like to be a guest for a show, want your business or organizi organization mentioned, or have questions about today's autistic moment, please send an email to p-k-l-o-w-e at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day.